0: My name is Peter Houston. I'm your visiting preacher. If you missed me last year, and this is the first time you've seen me, well, lovely to meet you too. If you are a visitor, well, I'm a visitor too. We're in good company. Um, I must apologize. I'm not going to be as dynamic as before, even though I have an earpiece mic. I hurt myself on a run yesterday, and I've done something to my calf muscle, so I'm not going to be running up and down the stage. I'm going to be standing. Thankfully I was only 20 Ks and then close to home and hadn't gone for like a, a, a long run. Otherwise I would have been a few hours from home. But that last K still took forever. All right. The reading today is from John's Gospel, chapter uh, chapter 20. Okay. the doors were locked Jesus came and stood among them and said peace be with you then he said to Thomas put your finger here see my hands reach out your hand and put it into my side stop doubting and believe Thomas said to him my Lord and my God then Jesus told him because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of disciples which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. What a wonderful gospel reading, that by believing we may have life in his name. And one of the traditional kind of greetings around Easter time is, he's risen, he's risen indeed, and Christians go around everywhere doing that and saying that, and if you're not in the club, you're like, what's with that? Anyway, a bit weird. And then we throw in hallelujahs, and uh, if you're in a liturgical church, you'll see, long before the Pentecostals had hallelujahs, there were hallelujahs written into, into liturgy. So there's hallelujahs, and we can throw in hallelujahs, and if you feel like you want an hallelujah there, well... You can throw it in as well. Doubting Thomas, he's the poor bloke that got that nickname. I don't think he's deserving it more than any of the others. Because there were quite a few doubting disciples. And we'll get to that in a moment. But ministers everywhere at this time of year are kind of breathing a sigh of relief made it through easter you know lent is quite a long period sometimes some churches have extra teaching during the lent period and then you get to holy week and then you cram in even more during the week and then you get to good friday and uh, many churches will then like have a good friday service and if you like land up in the anglican church it can be like a 3 hour good friday service you that's not child friendly My my first three-hour service was one where the seven words, last words from the cross were were looked at. And I was a junior minister and our senior minister gave seven different preachers a sermon each. And between each sermon was a song and a hymn. Our three-hour service lasted like six hours. And that's not even, I mean in some church traditions you start on Good Friday and you keep on going. Through the night, through Easter Saturday, and get to Easter morn, and you're like, he's risen. <laughs> I mean, for real. And you get through the Easter service, and everyone goes home and sleep, goes home and sleeps. But ministers, everyone, Easter Sunday, they get to the end, it's like, Yes, made it for another year. We believe in the power of the Lord, and then we need it ourselves. And uh, typically, like the week after Easter, ministers collapse and take off the weekend after Easter. And then you get like a visiting preacher in. <laughs> it's a jolly good idea. <laughs> I highly recommend it. Now what we're kind of missing in, in, the, in the life of the church and the pattern of the church is we pay a lot of attention to Christmas. Christmas is when we remember the gift of Jesus to us. Like the John 3.16 5, For God so loved the world that he gave his Son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him won't perish but have eternal life. You can do wonderful sermons around Christmas, the gift of Jesus, unwrapping the gift that Jesus is for you. Uh, but the, the message is, is a lot about what God has done, but it's Jesus, the gift for all humankind. Glory to God in the highest Peace on earth and good news to all peoples. That's what the angel said and that's what we preach and we invite people to take that on. Easter time, it's about the sacrifice of Jesus. The toning work of Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The Passover Lamb who was sacrificed for our sins, for you and my personal salvation. Again, a good message. And then it seems like it gets kicked up a notch because Easter Sunday, all is good. It didn't end on Good Friday. It's Easter Sunday, yay! And that's the spirit in which we're meant to walk out our Christian life. We are saved in Jesus Christ. Our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah! Good news, he's risen. But wait, there's more. Because there's a third thing that the church in modern times has kind of forgotten any idea ascension so why did jesus hang around after his resurrection hey okay. There must have been something important in, in this post-resurrection time that he dwelt on and that he wanted others to know that is now important to us. And it's exactly as you said, it's, it's a build-up to his ascension. The, the coronation of the king is, is the vindication of what Jesus has done on the cross. We, we know uh, Paul writes to the church in, in, Phili- in Philippi, the uh, philippians chapter 2 that jesus the christ being in the very nature god did not consider equality with god something to be grasped but he humbled himself and he took on human form that's the christmas story god incarnate dwelt among us took on human form and became obedient to death even death on a cross that's the easter story And then it says, and Paul writes, Therefore, and whenever you have a therefore, you have to ask. Whenever you have a therefore, you have to ask. What is it therefore? Ha! Gotcha. Therefore God raised him to the highest place, that at the name of Jesus every tongue will confess, on heaven and on earth and and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the ascension. The, the arc, the trajectory, the, 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 where Easter lands is not Easter Sunday. Does that make sense? It's Easter Sunday. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is risen indeed. And then these post-resurrection experiences that have a purpose and a point that we'll look at quickly. And then we get to his coronation. Because he is obedient to death, even death on the cross, therefore... God exalted him to the highest place. We had in the Gospel reading that all these were written down, writes John, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Now it's not just all this that just happened with Thomas. It's all this that happened in the Gospels. It's the signs and the wonders and the miracles. So it doesn't tell us exactly what uh, the the resurrection, post-resurrection period was about, what Jesus was up to. You have to look in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven. After giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, after his suffering, he showed himself to these people and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. So, there are two things in this post resurrection time that were important to Jesus. One was proving to many people he was alive. Whatever you heard about went down on that uh, Good Friday is not true. I'm alive. Well, it was true, but that's not the whole story. I was crucified, but hello, look, and I'm resurrected. And he appears to many, many different people doing this. So that, that's point number one. Point number two is what? He went about teaching about the kingdom of God. Now, we, don't, we have post-resurrection ex- encounters that are, are written about. We don't have his teachings we have an indication of what he may have taught on because in his lifetime and in his teaching he spoke a lot about the kingdom of God he's not likely to have said anything different the kingdom of God is like Jesus would say and then tell a parable so presumably he went about saying more the old saying thing I know you know but just so you don't forget let me tell you about the kingdom of God but I also believe because of the encounters that we have that in those encounters, we have him demonstrating what the kingdom of God is like. We've already got his teachings, but post-resurrection, when he's teaching about the kingdom of God, he's also demonstrating the kingdom of God. And this is where we have beautiful encounters that, to me, speak, um, speak about what the king of his kingdom is truly about. And that is restoring people. Like I said, doubting Thomas is not the disciple that should have just got that name. There was doubting Thomas. Who were the other doubters? Doubting Peter, doubting James, doubting John. They they were all doubting. How do we know this? Well, in one of the Jesus encounters post-resurrection, he finds them on a boat fishing. Those that had been fishermen have gone back to fishing. Those that had been something else were not trying to be fishermen. I mean, good thinking, that one. But what we know is the, the, the disciples who were fishermen, who Jesus has called out and said, this is who you're going to be, they're now doubting that. And they back fishing. What does Jesus do, which witnesses to the type of kingdom that he's about? He starts a bri. Fantastic. On the beach invites them to a briar. He restores those disciples, presumably, just around the briar, and and he doesn't rush out to embarrass them or condemn them. He meets them. And then we have a record of what he says to Peter. He goes out of his way to Peter, who had denied him three times, to ask Peter three times, Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? And restores Peter in his fullness to the very first vocation calling. Uh, when he had been a fisherman. It's the restoration we find in Jesus, in his kingdom. That's what the king of the kingdom is about. What are the disciples? The doubting disciples on the road to to Emmaus. We're out of here. We don't know what's gone down in Jerusalem. It's really very confusing. We're not going to hang around. Let's go. There's been some weird stuff. I mean, there's even rumors of resurrection, but we're going Jesus meets them on the raid to Emmaus and helps unlock things for them explaining it from Scripture then he breaks bread with them and in that moment they realize that he's the bread of life that he is the risen Lord Jesus that he is the Messiah and what's their testimony weren't our hearts on fire wasn't our spirit weren't our spirits quickened within when we had this encounter with him. And they turn and they go back, restored. Doubting Thomas. He wasn't there. He didn't get the memo when there were these other resurrection, uh, post-resurrection experiences and Jesus popping up behind locked doors and saying, Shalom. <laughs> Shalom, aleichem. peace be with you. And so he's like, no, I'm not going to believe. I've seen it on TikTok, you know, fake book. I'm not going to believe until I see it for real. This could be fake news. Yeah, not, Probably not that. But for whatever reason, he's like, I, I want to see for myself. I've got my own doubts. I'm hearing what you guys are saying. But I want to see for I won't believe unless I put my hand in his side and in... And jesus meets him where he's at and says come put your hand you don't even read that thomas does that it's enough at that moment my lord and my god what a declaration of faith and belief and the fullness of who jesus is and so we have in jesus in his post-resurrection encounters the right of Acts and he's about proclaiming and making known the kingdom. That's how he started his public ministry, unrolling the scroll of Isaiah. But post-resurrection, that's the main thing. When someone's about to leave you, whether it's in death or going away, their last few things that they say and do really matter. It's weighted with poignancy. And so we have in these post-resurrection encounters The last thing Jesus is doing before he ascends on high to kind of just set the disciples on the right track. Before the Great Commission where he says, it's over to you, go for it. What's the so what? Well, the early writers in the church, you have Peter, he always links the resurrection and the ascension together. He says, 1 Peter, verse 3, It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who's gone into heaven and is at God's right hand. So resurrection and ascension linked together in the mighty work that God has done in Jesus. We have uh, spoke about uh, Paul writing the church in Philippians, but how's this for an incredible prayer? of Paul writing to the church in Ephesus, chapter 1, verse 18 i pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you i don't know about you but we need to know the hope to which we called we are in times, dark times sometimes literally when escom turns off the light dark times but we need to be more than ever certain of the hope to which we've been called Paul goes on to say, "...the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparable great power for us who believe." Well, that's hopeful. And what is this power? Paul says, "...that power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead." And? Where does the ark end up? "...and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms." Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that is evoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Watch the so what. If you've never heard me preach before, at this point you can wake up because the sermon's about to end. <laughs> That's the good news, we're almost done. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. That is my longing for myself, that's my longing for you. And in these post-resurrection encounters, I want to leave you with two things. The first is if you this morning have been knocked sideways by life. If you are doubting who Jesus is who you are in the church what it's all about what salvation is you're in good company just add your name to the list of the ones we have recorded and throughout history there have been more all the time it's okay to doubt it's okay to be fearful Jesus encountered all his disciples behind locked doors. He went out of his way to encounter his disciples where they were at. That same Jesus will come and encounter you where you are at. So if you are in a place where you are locked into some fears, if you are in a place where you are doubting, your prayer, your homework this week can simply be to ask Jesus, Jesus, encounter me where I'm at. Jesus, come into this space. Come behind my locked doors. Come into the midst of my doubts. Help me to come to a point where I can say, my Lord and my God. So, so that might be you. If it's not you and you are in a place of uh, confidence and boldness and, and restoration, Wonderful. Because then my challenge to you is to be about the kingdom business of the King of Kings. If we only stop the story at Easter, which is our salvation, we don't know what we're saved for. Jesus in this post-resurrection speaking of the kingdom and demonstrating the kingdom shows us what we are saved for. We are saved by the King of Kings to be about the King of Kings business. His kingdom. And what is what is his kingdom business? We are to be channels of his peace. The one who is the Prince of Peace who comes and says, Peace be with you, that's what we meant to be. So this week, if you are in a place of confident faith and boldness, your prayer can be, Lord, use me for your kingdom business. You can be praying, Holy Spirit, prompt me. Make me sensitive to a God-opportunity. Let me be the one who says, Peace be with you. And not peace in my name, but bring about the peace that is in Jesus' name. All right. Let me just land this with a prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you that we have in the post-resurrection appearances a very clear window into who Jesus is like in his kingdom. If, if we even needed any more insight the one who serves the one who sacrifices the one who encounters us where we at and says peace be with us I pray for anyone here this morning who feels trapped in their fears or their doubts Lord Jesus may you encounter them today and this week and restore them for those of us who feel confident and bold in our faith I pray present us with opportunities to make your name known we ask this for the sake of God's glory alone. Amen.